What's up, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast. CT, are you ready for this? Yep. Brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. What's good, CT? I'm chilling, man. Got the first weekend of baseball out of the way mm-hmm. and it was a roller coaster <laughs> for the ages show was they i mean they delivered but before we before oh, we yeah. get into some of these topics ct i just want to let everybody know that on thursday we have official fan artists for the mets official artists for elvis presley muhammad ali and joe namath he's also a licensed artist for dc and lucas films i'm talking about the one the only Joe Petruccio, you can follow him on Instagram at Joey underscore paint. So he's going to be on the show on Thursday. It was a cool interview. Make sure you guys check that out. What what an introduction. We definitely we slacked in the all season. We never figured out the soundboard, but that would have been a good time to drop like a. Yeah, right. <laughs> funk master, funk, 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 master flex night. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Let's get back to baseball. Yeah, so there's a, there's a few things I want to talk about today. So uh, let me not even preview what we're going to talk about. I'm just going to jump right into it. I have a question for you. What do these players have in common, CT? Are you ready? All right. What does Luis Severino, CeCe Sabathia, Aaron Hicks, Jacoby Ellsbury, Jordan Montgomery, Didi Gregorius, Dele Batanzas, Giancarlo Stanton, and now Miguel Andujar have in common. They all play for the Yankees. They're all on the IL. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I lost track of all the players that you mentioned. I was going to say they're all millionaires, but they're not. Um, uh, well, Seve is, CC is, Hicks not. is, El- Ellsbury is. I don't know if Didi is. I don't know if Dellen is. I don't Didi, know if M- Miguel isn't. Didi makes millions. Does he? Okay. So, I mean, to. close enough. On average, on average, they make yeah. millions. Okay. Um, you can literally yeah. field a baseball team with the Yankees injured list. If, you know, and they, if, if CC could hit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can yeah. literally field, field a team. Yeah. Uh, you guys just got the injury bug this to start the season before the season even started. But maybe it's not as bad. I mean, it's so early in the season. Maybe yeah. it's – but again – you know, you you wouldn't want that to happen. You guys are gonna, you guys would like to win these games, but at least it's an early part of the season where you still have the rest of the season to make up for it. You know? Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, like every game counts, in my opinion, and and it does and, in this division. It does, especially in this division, and this is no way to start a season. Luckily, we have an easy schedule for the first two months, so things shouldn't be all that bad, but. It's not good. I mean, how many teams can absorb nine injuries? You know what I mean? Like, it's not a good yeah, and, sign. <laughs> and you're supposed to be, you know, it's it's not just nine injuries. It's Luis Severino, right. starting pitcher. Like, Your you ace. Know, top one, two, one, you know, 1A, one 1B one with Paxton, I guess. Uh, Aaron Hicks, starting center fielder. Right. You just lost uh, Stanton, another starting outfielder. You're cleanup hitter or your third hitter depending on how you look at it who wasn't doing that bad by the way because i actually saw him walk work a couple walks yeah in these games which i was kind of surprised yeah a couple hits the opposite way too mm-hmm. um yeah it sucks but that's baseball that is baseball and i'm not going to use it as an excuse not yet no. at least but i'm not going to use it as an excuse um this is crazy man this is this is by the way can we just can we just make a rule on the podcast? We are no longer going to refer to baseball's injured list as the IL. IL. We're gonna we're gonna keep the DL. Fuck that yeah. shit, man. DL. Fuck it. Fuck it. DL. <laughs> Yo. So yeah. And then so let's let's keep with the Yankees real quick. The Yankees lose two out of three to the Baltimore Orioles. They start off strong on opening day with a Luke Voigt three run home run in the first inning, um, and then. They wet the bed for the rest of the se- the series. I think for the rest of the series, Greg Bird hit a home run. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki hit a home run. So that's that's good news. But other than that, we're seeing a lot of strikeouts. And we're seeing that the Yankees ride or die with the home run, basically. Um, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Is there any what, – what, what is your reaction after that series? When I saw the first game of the series, 
uh, all that damage. I mean, the three-run homer came in the first inning. I think it was. Yeah, I was like, this is this is exactly how the Yankees want a game to go. Judge worked the walk to bring up Stanton. That's already a bad scenario for any pitcher. Mm-hmm. The guy on base with Giancarlo Stanton up to bat, but then Stanton worked the walk, or I think he got an oppo hit. Don't remember what it was, but I know it was Stanton, Judge. Then you got Voight, just like last year, picked off right where he left off, hits a three-run homer. The game's pretty much over at this point, and you guys continue to, you know, do damage, and the bullpen shut it down. That was a perfect Yankee scenario, but then the next two games – is what the Yankees are on, I guess, on any given day. There's, it's a home run or nothing. They had a bunch of opportunities with guys in scoring positions. Not all those opportunities came with two outs, and they couldn't get it done. So yeah. that's exactly what what it was like last year. Um, and let's not forget either that a lot of runs were given up by the bullpen as well Yep. in these last couple of days. So you guys pretty much wasted a – a great start from Paxton and Tanaka. Tanaka had a good start and too. Tanaka. Yep. And you know what? In fairness, well, so did uh, Jay Happ. He gave up a home run in the in the first inning to uh, Mancini, but he recovered. He he went he went another four innings. Uh, there were three errors committed by Yankee by the Yankee defense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the starters were the problem. You know, and the Yankees. You know, we had talked prior to the show. The Yankees had every opportunity to win every one of those games, and they just didn't come through. And it, it was. It reminded me of, of the postseason last year. Like, over the course of a 162-game season, the Yankees are going to rattle off. They're going to go on, on a streak where everybody's hitting home runs and they're going to win 20 games, yeah. you know, 20 They'll out of 25. Record. Yeah, all that stuff. But they can't, you know, it's only three games. I don't want to hit the panic button yet. But to me, it looked a lot like last year. Like, if, if these guys aren't clicking, we're going to see losses and the games are going to be frustrating because there's going to be opportunities to win and they're not going to come through. Um, so I hope, I hope that, you know, with the signing of DJ LeMahieu and Troy Tulowitzki, I hope that these guys start slapping some hits. I want to see more doubles from this team. Um, yeah. I want to see judge and Stanton. These guys hit hard, man. Just put the ball in play. It's going to fall for a hit. And for the yeah. most part, they do do that. So, um, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, and I was going to mention too, that I noticed a couple errors too. I know Gary Sanchez made like a couple throwing errors. A uh, couple of pass. I mean, I saw one pass ball. I'm not gonna say a couple. I'm not just gonna pretend like he had a bunch of pass ball. But I did see one pass ball that was pretty bad. And then I saw one throw down a second mm. that actually gave the Orioles the leading one in uh, in that Paxton game. I think it was. Um, I was gonna say that Aaron Judge. I drafted him on my fantasy baseball team, so I'm watching him closer than ever this season. And I have, I picked him to win the AL MVP at the beginning of the season. But and I love that Aaron Judge isn't he's he's not like any power hitter we've ever seen because he actually works a lot of walks, which is great. But I think that he does a little bit too much of he's not he's not as aggressive as I'd like him to be. Like a lot of pitchers I've seen I've noticed and it's only been three games, small sample size, but a lot of people start him off with a fastball right down the middle. He doesn't do anything with it Mm -hmm. ever. He always usually they probably know it's an easy strike right there. He's always usually taking the first pitch, which I don't mind if you're you know, you're leading off the inning maybe. Actually, you know, I don't know I don't know what the perfect scenario would be to just jump on that first pitch, but you're Aaron Judge, man. Just stick the bat out and you know, kill it. Yeah. First pitch. Uh, first pitch I'm swinging. And Aaron Judge I, I I saw that he was laying off of some of those pitches on the outside corner, but the ones that are too close to call, he he was also laying off of them and striking out on them. So um, and yeah. that's always been his weakness, that outside corner. Um, but I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not worried about Judge. I, he has this, the, the mentality he has coming into the season. He he made a comment to, I can't remember who it was. Um, it was on MLB.com. I can't remember which writer. But anyway, he made a comment saying that he wants this team to play like they have their backs to the wall because he thinks that that's when this team performs at their best. And I like that. I like that mentality. Um, yeah. So, Again, over the course of an entire season, Judge is probably one of my, you know, least – I'm least worried about Aaron Judge. I'm disappointed in the Stanton injury because I was ex- – I'm expecting – I'm not going to say I was. I'm expecting a huge season from Giancarlo Stanton, especially after last year. Um, it's not good that he's missing – he's going to miss the first 10 games. And then it came out that he won't – there will be no baseball activity for the first 10 games. Then you know the Yankees. Oh, man. Then the Yankees are going to slowly work him back in, maybe give him a rehab start or something somewhere in the minors. 
So I could yeah. see I could see Stanton out for a good two three weeks at this point. That's correct. That's crazy. I didn't read. I didn't read that into it. That I didn't know he wasn't going to be doing any baseball activity. But it is a bicep strain, and those are usually a lot longer than the first uh, initial diagnosis. Like the timetable is usually a lot longer for those. I don't know what the case is with Andujar. That that news literally just came out ten minutes ago. I think it was. So yeah, it's not. It's not looking good. But I'm not gonna. You know what? If the whole season played out and the Yankees didn't succeed how you wanted them to i wouldn't blame you for using injuries as an excuse but as we stand today there's a lot of moves that the yankees can make right now to at least you know improve on, wh- on what they're working with keiko is still out there kimbrell's still out there i know you guys don't need anything else in the bullpen but you never know uh i don't know man a lot I'm of stuff i am with you into the Boston Red Sox. So last night it was reported that the Red Sox... So there's there's conflicting reports. I'm not really understanding what this extension is looking like. The initial reports, and they're still so these people are still standing by these reports, is that it's seven years, $132 million. Some other people are reporting that it's actually... He, so they're going to... I guess he got $12 million in arbitration this year. I don't know if that's right or not. They're giving him another $12 million per season for six more years. So it includes this year. So they're saying it's really a six-year extension, not a seven. Because I trust yeah. Jeff Passan, because he, t- he typically has his stuff right, I'm going to go with the seven-year $132 million extension. Either way, Xander Bogarts becomes the highest-paid shortstop in baseball. Um, he exceeds Elvis Andrews' contract from – I wrote about this last night as it broke. Uh, Elvis Andrews Scott. Beep, beep, boop. Don't you love it when I do this? When I don't have the information <laughs> ready? Okay, well, so Elvis Andrews got... Uh, still don't have it. <laughs> well, anyway. Here he is. Xander, Here yeah. he is. I'm sorry. Elvis Andrews gets 15 mil, 15 mil per year. Uh, he got $119 million over, I think, five seasons. So anyway, he's... What's important here is that Xander Bogarts is now the most... Is the highest paid shortstop in baseball. I wanted to ask you a quick question. One, what's your reaction to that? Are you happy or not? And then the other thing is, what now? What happens to Rick Porcello? And if J.D. Martinez decides to opt out, what happens to J.D. Martinez? Um, first, I'm super happy that we're keeping Xander Bogarts. I think he's underrated. And he's the highest paid shortstop. That doesn't really say much because if you look around the league, there's it's like the golden age of, of shortstops. We got mm-hmm. Carlos Correa. Francisco Lindor, Javi Baez, if you consider him a shortstop. And these guys are going to get paid way more when their time is <clears throat> is due. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But I, I, I'm, I'm good with the money. I'm good with the player. I don't know what their moves are. I feel like the Red Sox are going to be over the luxury tax for the they rest already, of my life. and They already are, man. Uh, yeah, as, they are. I know. As I wrote the piece of the extension last night, I think they were at $222 million. The luxury tax, I believe, is 206 this year or 203, somewhere in the twos, 206, somewhere in 206. that area, 206. So add the Xander Bogarts money to that. And, you know, something tells me that if the Red Sox want to compete this season, they're going to have to add a bullpen arms somewhere around there. And I wouldn't be surprised because now something else came out that Craig Kimbrell might wait until the summer to sign. Based on that theory that I had said to you, I think a couple weeks ago, that that if he signs after the June amateur draft and teams don't have to give up their draft picks, I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox decide to bring him back. If it turns out that he's going to wait that long, um, yeah. But that's going to now. I'm looking- so so I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, that's okay. n- now what I'm tr- what I'm wondering is, did it have to happen right now? Did this extension have to happen right now? Because in theory, this is going this is costing you more money than it would have had you waited until the end of the season. But on the other hand, you're taking a chance by letting Xander Bogarts test free agency because I believe he's a free agent next year. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, taking, we're taking the chance that he might hit free agency, but making this offer now, you know, could he have made more in free agency? Yeah, probably, but we have a whole season ahead of us. Uh, they're giving the money to him right now. You know, he can sign the deal right now. Uh, I, I don't I, – I feel like they – kind of put the pressure on him to make a decision and i think i'm happy that he made that decision and that we're able to keep him on for another six seven years whatever the contract turns out to be 
I'm looking at the team payrolls right now, and the Yankees have back to the Yankees real quick because I looked at it yesterday and it changed because of what the news that came out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Sox have 21, let's say 22 million dollars to the injured reserve. The Yankees, I don't know if this includes Anduar, which I don't really think it makes it a difference. But today, yeah. yeah, the today the Yankees have, and this does include Stan because I checked it yesterday. Uh, seventy-eight million dollars oh in the God. injured reserve, and that's yesterday was in the fifties. Stands making, I guess, what that, whatever he makes in a year, twenty-six, twenty-seven, something like that. Yeah, seventy-eight million dollars in the injured reserve. I'm pretty sure Ellsbury's in there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ouch. Cubs are second. Yankees are second, uh, third in payroll. They're under it. They're just under it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Cubs are over the payroll in second, but the Red Sox are way past everybody. In that. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they're gonna. It's gonna have to stay that way because it's just it's just bad. I think for the Red Sox, it's good timing because these players are, are coming into their own at a good time, and and I think that's what's making them so competitive. Um, but it's bad timing because in order to compete. If you don't want to spend too much money, because you're literally with a luxury tax, you're giving money away to other teams. Um, you're hurting yourself in 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 that uh, in that direction. But like I said in, in yeah. the article I wrote last night, it's kind of refreshing to see a team, you know, and it, it, the way it appears to me is they're saying, "Fuck it, we have the money, we have to keep these players, let's spend it." Because not every team yeah. is doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I feel like I don't know what's gonna happen when it's this team's time to start extending people. But the Astros, like, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna yeah. try to keep that core group of guys? Um, they didn't. I mean, I don't know if Keiko's considered the core group of guys for that Astros team. He was there already before a lot of these guys came, and but you know they didn't really try keeping him. He's still out there, and mm-hmm. I feel like the Astros the Astros can use them. You know, like they they don't have Charlie Morton either. Charlie Morton, by the way. Pitched a great game the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, when is this guy gonna get busted for steroids? Because he's <laughs> he's he's only getting older, but he's pitching great. Yo, and and uh, by the way, the the Houston Astros. It to me, it seems like they don't care if these guys walk. They're they're keeping their core young players. They gave uh, Altuve an extension last year. They gave Bregman an extension this year. Correa still under 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 control for a few more years. Um, they let Marwin Gonzalez just walk. They let Charlie Morton just walk, and it looks like they don't care about Dallas Keuchel being gone or not. Their minor league pitching system, which I don't understand how this is even possible, they have the best minor league pitching prospects in all of baseball. So I think that they just don't care. I think they know that they have something, some sort of secret or whatever, that they're not afraid of their pitching, and it seems like it's working out. I mean, look at look at Charlie Morton. He became a different pitcher with the Astros. Justin Verlander, yep, Verlander. Hall, has always been a Hall of Famer, but he had the best season of his entire career last year at age 35 with the Houston Astros. Like, I don't know Garrett what's going Cole. on down there, but Garrett Cole, Garrett, yeah, Garrett Cole, Cole pretty much turned his turned his career around after we. I I thought he was done in in Pittsburgh. So did I. But oh, I I saw an interesting stat the day that he pitched. It was his, I think it was his sixth double digit strikeout uh, start since joining the Astros and all the time that he I'm just throwing these numbers at random but it is similar to what I'm saying and all the time that he was at Pittsburgh I think he only I think it was his 10th as an Astro and all the time that he was at Pittsburgh he had only pitched six double digit strikeouts and of course I'm I could be wrong with those numbers but it's around that type of you know uh it's it's around that type of verbiage that that that's those that's what the numbers were like I want to go back to the uh Team payrolls, real quick. Yeah, I'm looking at the teams, and Tampa Bay is at the bottom. Mm-hmm. They're twenty. They're about like the twelve million dollars below the Marlins in last place for team payroll. That's the only team. Well, them and the uh, Athletics are also way below the average. Yep. And then I'm looking. Cleveland is also below the average. I guess these, you can count the Twins and the are, Brewers. All teams that are heavily analytical. The, the Indians have always. It was first. It was the Oakland Athletics, and, the, and then the Indians took. Uh, the hell's that guy's name? If you watch Moneyball the movie, he went to the guy who played by Jonah Hill. He ended up going to the Cleveland Indians to work on their analytics okay. department, 
And their their owner has no qualms, has no issue saying that he's not spending money on his players. He said it last week with the whole Lindor thing when he told yeah. Indians fans to enjoy Lindor. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that the athletics are always – they're actually – compared to years past, they're actually higher in the list. They're usually the last at the lowest payroll or they're in the, the bottom three typically. And the Rays are always at the bottom as well. The Rays, I don't yeah. know what it is that the Rays do, but th- for some reason, ever since uh, Joe Madden was their manager, they j- they've always been like one of those teams that I just never sleep on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm. What the point I was trying to make before was that besides the Brewers, and that's if the Brewers, I'm I'm saying if the Brewers, you know, play how they're playing, but they improve on their bullpen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Hader is amazing, by the way. Oh my God! Do you see that That's immaculate the, inning? On I think it yeah, was on was, strict fastballs too. I watched it. I was watching it live, and it ended. But I, I had the volume kind of low. I had no idea what I was watching. But I, you know, it's crazy. Uh, but besides the Brewers, that's the only team. I mean, I don't consider the Indians. They have a great team, by the way. The Indians pitching is is great. It's Kluber, Clevenger pitched amazing today. Uh, Trevor Bauer, they have great pitching. But I don't. I'm not picking the Indians to win the World Series. I'm not picking no. the the Rays to win the World Series. The Twins might go to yeah. the playoffs this year. I'm not picking them to win the World Series. But you look at the top of the payrolls. We got all the teams that could possibly win the World Series this year: yep. the Red Sox, Cubs, Yankees, Dodgers. Not the Giants, who are fifth. Cardinals are looking good, but I still wouldn't pick them. The Nats are looking pretty solid. Still got the Astros, not the Angels. And I, get, I think the Angels are way above it this year. Maybe, well, actually, yeah, the, the Angels are always above the league average. Yeah. Uh, we look at the Mets. I'm surprised to see the Mariners up there. Rockies and Phillies. I feel like there's more elite teams above the league average yeah. than there is below the league average. So there is something to spending money. Yeah, like we always say. I think there is too. I mean, I think uh, who did I talk to about this? Well, in in my interview with uh, with Joe Petruccio, we were talking about how these teams that that are filled with veterans, but they're infused with some young talent, like like the Rex, the Red Sox have their Mookie Betts and the Andrew Benintendi and the Xander Bogarts. The Yankees have Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino. You know, uh, yeah. the Astros like. You need, you know, the Yankees of the 2000s where it was a strict veterans and a Derek Jeter who was all business all the time. For me, in my opinion, I think that that kind of killed the team a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, you needed a little bit of it. The game has changed. Like, it's not 1961 anymore where the team, you know, is this stoic business-like, like, it's all about the win stuff. No, you have to have some fun now. And and I think that the teams that are spending money on those veterans and infusing it with young talent are the ones that are, you know, that are more the most successful. And that's why you see the, you know, and the Red Sox spend money on their players. The Yankees spend money on their players. The Dodgers, the Astros now. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that you do yeah. have to spend money to win in this game. Yeah, basically the veterans that you're giving money to are like those elite veterans like Max right. Scherzer. Chris Sale, you know, like I think back then, all any veteran was getting a good deal. I think now you have to, you have to have a good five, six years under your belt where you produced and you won with the team and everything. I don't think any old veteran is getting a great deal anymore. And I think that's kind of a, a turning into a little bit of a problem because I feel like what's the, you know, what what's the incentive to, for these guys to keep playing, you know, from right from the beginning and bust their ass until they could finally sign their deal? If they didn't have the perfect situation like Machado or Harper to hit free agency at a young age, you know, like mm-hmm. what's what's that going to do to the talent at the at the lower level? You know, I don't know. Right. And so just sticking with the Red Sox real quick, what's your reaction of this weekend series uh, against the Seattle Mariners? You had a, a pretty poor start from Chris Sale. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, what what do you have to say about that? What do you have to say about yourself, young man? I think the <laughs> I think the Mariners are super random. Came out of nowhere with these guys like Malik Smith and uh, Domingo Santana. And I mean, I know these guys are great, good players, but they're yeah. And this dude, home uh, runs like who, nothing. Who won uh, Player of the of the Week. What, what's his name? Uh, uh, yeah, I know who Beckham, I know who Tim it is. Beckham. Yeah, Tim Beckham is another one. I think he he had 48 career home runs going into the season. Now he already has like four, I think, or something. So <clears throat> the positives that I'm going to take away from the opening series for the Red Sox is that our bullpen wasn't the 
that wasn't like our our killer in our games. What, what killed us was our starting pitching. We we were out of the game, even though we came back in that second game. We were pretty much out of all our games because of our starting pitching. Uh, positives that I'm taking away is that our lineup is still looking really good. <coughs> wow, I'm dying over here. Okay. Our lineup is looking really good, and excuse me, uh, we are super aggressive on the base paths. Like the Red Sox are a problem if they get on base. I don't think any other team really does what they do on the base when they're on base. So those are the two positives. Our bullpen was okay, and we're still offensively we're still we still put up a good amount of runs. So okay, yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's what you want to hear? <laughs> yeah, right. So there's your Yankees. Yeah, there's your Yankees and Red Sox talk. Let's move on to the next topic real quick. Christian Yelich, man. Where the where the hell did this... I mean, I'm not going to say where the hell did this guy come from. He's been good for a while, but he's like on another level now. Um, yep. So he hits a home run in each of his first four games. That's tying a, a record. He ties six players who have done it before. And then he walks it off <laughs> in, in the series ender on a 102-mile-an-hour Jordan Hicks sinker. He hits an apple to score to win the game, basically. Um, what like? I don't even know what to say about this guy. Like, did you? Did, did you expect this out of out of him? Um, I I think I've always thought Christian Yelich was a great player, All Star level. I didn't never thought he was a superstar type of talent. This is what he t- he's he's the man in the Brewers. Like, he's the superstar of the Brewers. You know, he might be the man uh, in baseball, man. This guy's doing it all right now. Yeah, you know what I don't find. You know what I find. I know that this has nothing to do with how he plays, but the way he runs the bases after a home run, it looks really like odd. Have <laughs> you ever noticed that he runs like he's like he's like running on his tippy toes, kind of like pumping his arms, like Mister Perfect, kind of is the way yeah. I look at it when he's running the bases. He's very but, tall and lanky. Yeah, yeah, he is. He he's he's nice though. Like he's really, really, really amazing. I. I, I'm going to just say this, that in our fantasy league, we have 12 teams. We all passed on Christian Yelich twice. Yes. And he he went he went in the third round. I, ch- I chose Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge. I'm wishing I would have swapped one of those out for Christian Yelich now, now that, you know, it's a week later. He has four home runs in his first four games. Uh, yeah. I know. But, I, I kind of wish I had taken him, too. I took Arenado in the first round. I can't remember who I took in the second round. Uh, I think Joe, I didn't take Joey Votto in the second round, did I? I think he took him in the third round. Okay, but I what happened to the Marlins because they won a World Series. What was it? Two thousand and two thousand three. Mm-hmm. They won a World Series in two thousand three. They had a solid team all those years, and. Look at this 2016 roster. It was JT Romuto oh catcher, Justin Bohr at first. Who Justin Bohr is, is nice. He's I'm not saying he's he's amazing, but he's uh, yeah, he's decent. He's decent. D Gordon at second, not a player from their farm system, but D Gordon at second. Marcelo uh, Hedge solid defender, good player. Uh, Martin Prado, which I know at one point was hitting like in the 330s batting uh-huh. average. Uh, Christian Yelich, last year's MVP and already probably the front front runner. Marcelo Zuna, who I think he's – I don't know what's wrong with Marcelo Zuna, but I, I watched a couple of his at-bats, and he looks really odd at the plate. Mm-hmm. And Giancarlo Stanton, who won an MVP that year, like – or the next year. I forgot what it was. It was the year before, 2016. Yeah, 2016. So the Marlins were they, – they had, they had something going on over there. Like, they had – I mean, they only won 79 games that year. I think they had a, some injuries too, but – they had they did they did something right those years you know like and I'm looking think about a uh, uh, um, Jose Fernandez too like could his could his passing away be the reason that derailed this franchise like to the point that we're joking that they're like a minor league type of team now like the Orioles <laughs> it could be because he could have been the difference in that team in 2017 for sure yeah um, and and I know that that ballpark the Marlins ballpark is not a hitter friendly ballpark which it, which is why people were very impressed with uh Stanton's 59 homers and why people entering Yankee Stadium last year people were saying this guy could hit 60 maybe 70 because if yeah. he could smack 59 playing in, in Miami you know he should be able to hit way more than that in New York um yeah, yeah Stan- I don't know Stan- man 
Jose Fernandez passed away that year. Giancarlo Stan only played 119 games that year. So mm-hmm. they only they won 79 games. 2016, Don Mattingly, Don Mattingly, your hero. Yeah, Donnie Baseball. He's not my hero, but I, I like him. I know. Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill, baby. The warrior. Yeah, so I'm just ama- I'm amazed how a team like the Mar- <laughs> I'm amazed how a team like the Marlins could could go from what they had to and all these players are are having success around the league that they had in their team and everything and you know yeah. here we are years here, later and here we are and you know what when you were going over the payrolls when you said that the Marlins weren't at the very bottom I was surprised and then I looked I'm looking at it right now they're 29th and they. Who are they spending $72 million on? I can't even name. I don't know if I can name a player on their team. Starling Castro, Wee Yin Chen. Uh, Wee Yin Chen, yeah. Oh, Neil Walker's on the mark. Oh, Curtis Granderson. <laughs> Ooh. Ouch. That, was, that, uh, that had to be man. Jeter. That had to be all Jeter. Like, uh, let me let me give my, my boy a, a contract. Yeah, I don't know who they're spending this money on. Let me look at this again. Yeah, because it looks like all their money is for their active players that are currently on the team. Are they just? Oh, Wei Ying Chen's making twenty million this year. Damn! Wow! Wow! What? And I and I don't even see. Yeah, and Martin Prado see, fifteen mil. Jeez. This is why. This is why I don't understand baseball. If if Wei Ying Chen is making twenty mil this year, how are we not like? How could Keiko not get what he's asking for? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Keiko is worth at least twenty million. Yeah, if if this guy's making twenty million, and then yeah. you look at what some other guys around the league are making, Martin Prado fifteen million, mm. you know, like solid thirty five already. Wow, I don't know, man. And and the thing is, you also don't hear about the Marlins. I don't know how we got on the Marlins, but oh, because of uh, Christian Yelich. You also Christian don't Yelich. hear about the Marlins um, farm system too much. So no, you don't. I mean, well, I don't know, man. They got they got the their number one prospect right now is the pitcher that they got from Philly from the JT oh, C- room. Yeah, and he's a he's apparently really really good. So well, yeah, that's the was, only prospect that I know of them right now. Uh, he was drawing comparisons Matt, to Pedro, which is sacrilegious. But yeah, I've heard yeah I've heard that I've heard that. I want to right back to Christian Yelich real quick. That was our bad not drafting him first overall or first round. Clearly. I just looked it up. I drafted Machado in the second round. I should have taken Yelich. Yeah. I would have taken Yelich. Well, I took Judge. I'm okay. You know what? I'm okay with Machado. Like, I'm all right. He he had a bad weekend, a bad opening weekend, but he's going to hit 30, 35. I think all (laughs) all those players that signed those big contracts, even the extensions, even like Nolan Arenado, I think they all went 0 for 3 on their first day or something. And But they've all... I mean, Harper already has two home runs. That bomb by Harper. Did you watch that? Yeah, man. Har- this is It's amazing. Like, that's what baseball needs Harper to be good mm-hmm. in and, Philly. And here's the thing. Harper's really – I don't have the splits in front of me, but I had looked this up before. Harper's really good in April. So he's going to psych. The Phillies fans are going to see – They're gonna. he's going to put on a show in yeah. April. He's, he's, a, also, he's a monster in April. He's also the best active player to hit at in Philly. Mm-hmm. He's the best in in baseball, hitting in that ballpark. So, yeah, man. Yeah, they did good. They did good, and and McCutcheon hit two home runs in his first two. Oh my God, think, McCutcheon! Yes, two hits, two home runs, I believe. So yep. they're in good shape. Did I cut you off? Was this something you were gonna say, man? No, I was just like you know admiring Harper and McCutcheon and the Phillies. I'm not a Philly fan, but I'm not I like a Harper fan so. either. But I think. Oh, and by the way, so. I follow this guy on Instagram. Can't remember his username. That's the kind of day I'm having, guys. And he, <laughs> he, uh, he was so he's a guy, he's one of those guys that catches a lot of balls at games, and he he has a YouTube channel and all this stuff. I forget what his name is. Um, and he was recording what Citizens Bank Park was like in Harper's debut, and it's insane there. Like I know that Yankee Stadium is a New York City stadium, but it's a really big stadium. So. You're not yeah. typically waiting in lines, you know, to get in the stadium. I mean, you might you might wait in, you know, a good 10-minute line. But these lines looked like, you know, Backstreet Boys were about to perform and all yeah, the high yeah, school yeah. girls in town were around. It was insane. And, uh, yeah, so I, I was going to say we got to go catch a game with Harper at Citizens Bank. That move was, oh, yeah. yo, the Phillies had to get him because he rakes in Citizens Bank. That park is tiny, so he's going to hit a lot of home runs there. And... 
Yeah, man. And now, by the way, sticking with Harper, now he's having a baby. What the fuck? So, like, I don't, I don't even. He's, is he having the best year ever? Is he is he having what Mookie Betts had last year, where Mookie won the MVP and also had a baby? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Gary Sanchez, home run in the second inning. Thank you, man. I can't watch the game because my computer's acting up. Ooh, well. Ah, it's so cold. He's wearing like a a turtleneck and everything, and he's looking he's looking kind of fat. <laughs> Shut up. Did you see him? Pimp, I'm serious. Did you see him pimp that fly ball to center in that opening series? I missed that actually. He literally smacked it. I'm not gonna lie. I got up and I was screaming like, yeah, whatever. And looking <laughs> at the dugout, bat flip, you know, slowly walking to first base or whatever, and boom, it lands in the club of the center field. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's that was like a. Uh, in uh in in major leagues, that ball. Where, yeah. where does he go? Going, going, caught or whatever. I feel like John uh, John Sterling does that in his uh like. I'm pretty sure if we were to hear the audio for that pop up, we, we anybody listening on radio would have probably thought that it was oh, also yeah. gonna gonna be a home run. John wanna, Sterling always psychs people out with his home run calls. I feel like besides Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer. Well, mostly just Jacob DeGrom because they won. But besides his start, every great start that I've seen this season has gone to waste. Like, I saw Chris Archer today put up five, six innings of shutout baseball. Pirates lost that game. Yeah, Pirates lost that game. Uh, Clevenger, 12 strikeouts today, I think in like six, five innings. And, oh, well, they did did blow that. He's not going to get the win. They blew that. White Sox went up three nothing or three one, but now the Cleveland got it back. So nice. it just feels like a lot of these good starts have gone to waste. Everybody's offense has come has come out blazing this year. It's like everyone's in the game. They're not, you know, no one's really out of it until the last inning. Yeah, just uh, just, great, great just obs- noticed. Great observation. Thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Watched a lot of baseball this weekend. To the next topic. I have a lot of topics, CT. I'm sorry. It's going to be a busy show. Um, okay. You're going to like this. So the Nationals announced that they were going to move up Max Scherzer's start to tomorrow in order for him to face Bryce Harper in Harper's debut in D.C. So he would have faced them regardless, but it would have been in game two. Instead, they're going to skip the number uh, five starters start because they have an off day. So Scherzer's still on regular rest. And Scherzer, we're going to see Scherzer versus Harper tomorrow in Washington, D.C. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of excited to watch it, especially considering that apparently this is Scherzer's idea. Scherzer wanted this. Um, I think that's cool. I don't know about you, but they've never faced each other before. Um, So this is going to be the first matchup. Can you imagine if Harper takes him deep? Like, that plays Uh, nuts. Yeah, no, that would be crazy, but because they're going to be in Washington, I'd rather see, like, the Scherzer punch out, you know? Do you think Scherzer's the type of pitcher that if he punches him out, like, on three straight pitches, that he stares him down or some shit? Nah, he's just going to walk around the mound and, and, like, lick his fingers and call it a day, (laughs) I think. By the way, Scherzer better pray that he doesn't suffer a season-ending injury because he pitched seven and two-thirds his first start. And I'm not saying that's that's not odd for Scherzer, but it was the first start of the season. They were already losing mm-hmm. the game. He even took an at bat, I think, in the sixth inning. That that this is where I'm going with this. I'm pretty sure he he forced the manager's hand to go out there for another inning. He put seven and two thirds, and now he's moving his startup to face Harper. Like, doesn't it seem like Scherzer has a little bit too much? power in that clubhouse <laughs> i mean what, what would you do if you were the manager of the nats like you have a 35 year old veteran in max scherzer who's he's to me he reminds me of an old school type pitcher yeah he's not you know his game isn't finesse he's gonna overpower you plus he yeah. has deadly breaking balls and stuff um i would i would fuck it regular rest i kind of like it man i'm not gonna lie no i like it and i would i wouldn't stop him from doing as he's doing now but i'm also you know a, a just a regular guy from that likes baseball i'm not i'm not a major league manager so i'm a fanboy at the end of the day so i'm gonna say yeah sure to do you 
And real quick, we said this last, I think we mentioned this a bunch of times. We all thought Kershaw was like this generation's best pitcher, but mm-hmm. Scherzer's like rewrite, re, re, rewriting that book. And that's yeah. just the first, that's the first Scherzer and Kershaw, you know, comment of the year. Yeah. I, I still consider Kershaw the best pitcher in a generation. Um, it's just he's too injury prone, man. He's always hurt. I did draft him. I'm not going to lie. I took a chance on him because, it, I like, at some point, this shit has to stop, and he has to, he has to like, pitch for an extended period of time. And the thing with Kershaw is that even though he's hurt, when he plays, even though his, his velocity is down and everything, he's, he's still amazing. He could still yeah. – he's a pitcher. You know, that's and, – and they're perfect – they're the perfect two pitchers to compare because they're so different. Um, yeah. I don't even know if Kershaw can touch 95 anymore on his fastball, but he still has a deadly curve. He still has an amazing uh, changeup, and he just knows how to pitch. The guy's just an amazing pitcher. But um, I think think Scherzer's close to Kershaw, but I think if we look up their stats real quick, I'm almost willing to bet that that statistically Kershaw still um, beats Scherzer. Those four or five years of prime Kershaw I think if you take those years compared to any of Scherzer's best years I think yeah we'll see that Kershaw was the better pitcher in his prime but I think when it's all said and done you know if Kershaw continues down this path but Scherzer continues down his path where he's top top three Cy Young every year yeah. since he won the Cy Young uh you know it's it's gonna be like a really really good debate and by the way I know that if we look at Scherzer's stats Cumulatively, I don't know if I said that right. I feel like I'm stuttering a lot today. He's not going to have, like, the wins. He's not going to have the total strikeouts and stuff to make it to the Hall of Fame when the time comes. But he's, for me, he's one of the, he's an example of the type of pitcher that, that deserves. I know that this is too early to talk about this, but I'm just trying to make a point. He's the kind of pitcher that deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame because when he when he did pitch and when he was dominant, there was nobody like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and and he, the, the same could be said for, I'm a Yankee homer. Same could be said for for CC Sabathia. And recently, I looked at some stats. The same could be said for, nah, I'm not gonna say. It. I was gonna say um, Mark Burley because, but his stats are more cumulative. Not that he was dominant, but I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go with the same could be say, said with CC Sabathia. When they yeah. were on, when they were in their prime, they were like. They were. It was something unique to watch. Like they, they were a game. They were game changers, and I feel like game changers should be Hall of Famers. Yeah, and they basically can't. Scherzer's done enough in his career that they can't deny him Hall of Fame. Like he has three Cy Youngs, top, top five since he won his Cy Young mm-hmm. every year. I'm pretty sure he's gonna have a similar season this year. Because that start that he had against the Mets was a great classic Scherzer. Um, so they can't deny him. But you're right. Statistically, because of the beginning of his career, he's not going to have those Hall of Fame type of numbers. But they right. can't deny him the Hall of Fame. Not Scherzer, man. Yeah, man. Since that Cy Young, if we combine all of his stats, thank God for baseball reference, He's he has a, a 723 win-loss percentage with a 281 ERA. His FIP is a 286 FIP. And his whip is a sub one whip. He has a zero point nine seven three whip. I mean, that's if that's not domination, man. And he pitches consistently two hundred innings every single season. Like, yep, the guy's a horse. Even before, yeah, even before he won the Cy Young, he he was pitching pretty good. He he had like a a rise, and then he's just been on that elite level ever since. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when he was a free agent, and there was discussions about the Yankees. Should they go after him or not? And I remember thinking, man, this guy is he to me. He just seemed like one of those guys. He's gonna blow out his arm. There's something about him. I I could yeah. not have been more wrong about Max Scherzer. And I wish that we had pulled the trigger on him. Just like I yeah. wish we had pulled the trigger on Chris Sale too. Well, you know what though? Um, you can't you can't blame yourself for looking at Max Scherzer like that because how many players do what he did? you know in those one or two years sign the big contract and just don't turn out to be what what you thought so i don't blame you i I don't think anybody could have predicted that max scherzer was still going to be this good now you know yeah man he's he's amazing i love me some max scherzer yeah we just went on a uh, scherzer rant for about 10 minutes show did let's move on to what could what might be the last topic ct 
Um, I don't know if you heard about this, but in L.A., I think it was on Saturday, after the Dodgers game, there. so a man was on Facebook live, live with his wife, and all of a sudden she hears a scuffle. The, the, the screen goes black. Next thing she hears from, from, not from him, but from somebody about him, he's in the hospital on life support. Apparently there was a post-game fight in Los Angeles, and this isn't the first time that this has happened. Um, it was, this was in the parking lot, by the way. I don't know if I said that already. Um, I, like, I don't, so we have, we have really close friends that work in Yankee Stadium, for example, um, for their police department and stuff. And I just can't imagine something like this happening. I don't want to blame it on the police, but, uh, what, like what's going on in LA, man, this is crazy. I don't know. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. Did did he, is he okay now? Or when did this happen? No, man, he's on life support. He's this oh, happened. Uh, so a man suffered a skull fracture and is on life support after being attacked in a parking lot at Dodger Stadium early Saturday morning. Early uh, Saturday morning. Yeah. So I wonder if he's so, an employee or something. Yeah. So this didn't happen after a game. This happened maybe. Was he? Well, it, it could have been after. Lot. It could have been. OK, so the incident occurred at 1 a.m. It was after a game. Late, oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, got late you, yeah. late Friday night, early Saturday morning. Um, I don't know. I don't man. know. You know, the area around Yankee Stadium isn't the safest. No area. It's getting better, but it's but, not. You're right. But right on that block of Yankee Stadium, those bars, all those restaurants. I don't feel, you know, anything can happen. Obviously, I'm I'm a Red Sox fan. If I walk around in Red Sox gear, in that in that block, you know, who knows? But I still never felt. Like anything could ever happen to me like that. Just outside of Yankee Stadium, we're talking about the parking lot of the Dodgers uh, Stadium. So this is this is crazy, you know. Yeah, and and Dodger Stadium is not, you know, a, this happens a lot at Dodger Stadium. Obviously, this is the worst case scenario. This guy's essentially on his deathbed. I, I you know, I hope that he pulls out of it. But um, apparently, there were a number of fights already at Dodger Stadium, um, like pretty big ones in the stands and wow. there has been issues in the past there was a giants fan uh who was severely beaten uh, in 2011 <laughs> following a giants loss uh you know this is just like i don't to me I, when i go to a game i get emotional i curse sometimes i understand that people don't like that i try to con- i try to contain myself as much as i can but I don't I don't start with people. You know what I mean? I don't understand why go to a game to start shit. Like just enjoy the game. That's what you're there for and you're yeah. ruining it for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it is. These people are they're not they have no they're not considerate for anything because there's children at the game. Like you're ruining the experience for everyone around you. And it's just yeah. I feel like those are people that were just brought up really selfish, you know? Yeah. And it makes people not uh, want to go to games. Like I growing up, you know, in the in the 90s i would go to yankee games all the time and we would get bleacher seats and we would sit with the bleacher creatures and they would start shit and and it wasn't enjoyable like i remember at points thinking like ah oh, you know like feeling kind of scared like what if they start shit with me like i've i've seen a bleacher creature at yankee stadium take a hat from a kid from an opposing team though so i was safe in that regard and throwing it onto the field and cursing them out. And it's just like, you know, it, it makes the it just ruins it. It ruins the experience. People are spending money to go watch their team. And these fans kind of just, you know, ruin it all. But I don't yeah, know. How, and I don't know how you fix it because you can't stop selling booze. They already stopped selling booze, you know, after the seventh inning. Um, I, yeah. I, and, and yeah, I just don't know. I don't know how to fix it. When I read this story, I was surprised by it. Um, I can't imagine something like this happening. Uh, and, you know, bringing it back to Yankee Stadium. Um, it also makes players not want to play for your team. Uh, in the postseason, I believe it was in 2009, a Yankee fan, I believe it was, I, I don't, I don't know if this, like, don't fact check this. I may get this wrong. Generally, the point of the story is right, but they spit on what's that pitcher's name? Cliff Lee, Cliff Lee's wife, mm-hmm. and were like cursing mm-hmm. her out. And I believe that she had a baby or she was pregnant or something. And apparently that played into his decision not to play for the Yankees. So, wow. you know, you're also hurting your team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. I, I just don't get it, man. Yeah, you know what? There's, I don't know. I, I can't even say that. I can't even say that uh, alcohol is like the 
the the core issue here because when I drink, I never get violent. I the first thing that doesn't cross my mind when I drink in any scenario is to be like, how can I mess this situation up even more? How can I get in trouble? You know, like. Right. So I, I think that's us though because I I do have friends that when they when they get drunk, I I like I dread being around them because you know it's just I don't get it because when I like you when I drink. I relax. I just calm down. I can't imagine ever getting into a fight. If anything, I'm, I might be too lazy to get into a fight. Um, yeah. I can't imagine, you know, getting irate or nothing like that. But I have been with people that do. And I just, I choose not to hang out with them anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I don't get it, man. Alcohol. So, alcohol yeah. So I don't know. Crazy. I don't know what the solution would be, but I don't know, man. It's sports. Like, this is entertainment. This is supposed to bring joy it's never really i mean you can feel bad about your team losing but you should never get to the point of violence like that's just ridiculous yeah i agree man and then uh let's move on from the sad shit real quick this is kind of sad too but it's sad for a different reason uh i read an article on cbs sports baseball the strikeouts in baseball are continuing to rise so apparently uh i wish i had the article directly in front of me right now i'm the worst Mm -hmm. but in the first four games of a season the strikeout rate has increased for the past like four years. And as a result, by the end of the season, they, they found some sort of correlation. Strikeout rates were high, were higher year by year for the past four seasons. This year, the strikeout rate is up by like 2% from last year. So what that means is if the trend continues is that we're going to see even more strikeouts this year. Um, God. Yeah. So something to look look for this season ct is more strikeouts are you excited about that no i'm not excited about it but i if if the offense continues how it does how it did in these first couple of days then i think we're not really going to care because i saw a lot of home runs Mm -hmm. by a lot of people they weren't chip shots either uh yeah so a lot of action a lot of walk-offs this weekend too yep a lot of walk-offs trey turner by the way has trey turner arrived uh, too soon. So. Too soon. Okay. Because every year he's ranked like in the top 10 in fantasy. And I've, I've picked him in the past, I believe, with my first pick, maybe two years ago. And he didn't pan out. And last year, another one of the our, our uh, opponents in our fantasy league picked him high. Not in the first in the first pick, but he didn't pan out again. This yeah. year, he's, stri- he's stealing bases. He's hitting homers. He looks like the Trey Turner that we've been waiting for for the past three or four years. I hope that he could stay healthy because if he does, losing Bryce Harper becomes much less painful for the for the Washington Nationals. And that National League East is going to be insane as a result because then you have the Mets look good, uh, the Phillies look good, uh, the Nats look good, and if the Braves can get their pitching in order, we know that they're good as well. So hopefully he's good. Yep. Um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I'm hearing that Dallas Keuchel's in discussions with the San Diego Padres. It seems like that might be happening, hopefully. Wow. And I'm also hearing that Craig Kimbrell, let me get my notes. Craig Kimbrell is in talks with three teams, the Mets, the Brewers, and the Rays. And I think that if he goes to either one of those teams, he could change those teams dynamics like the brewers could use him clearly more than any of the other teams because they lost uh i don't even know how to say his name nabel canable how do you say his name nabel i call him nabel i don't even know if that's a yep you got three options guys you pick it evil canable evil (laughs) (laughs) anyways i hope he goes to the mets or the brewers i don't want him to go to the rays i don't need we don't we don't need that shit in that i don't don't need it in the al east either man yeah we don't need it in the al east Um, and you shared this this fucking picture that said that the yankees had acquired craig kimbrell and i got so excited and then i didn't i didn't share that i realized that it was an april fool's joke you bastard yeah that wasn't me though i still blame you man (laughs) uh are we about to wrap it up or unless if you want is there anything else you want to talk about uh nah i guess did you hear about the ron darling thing no so ron darling has a book out and he accuses he accuses Lenny Dykstra oh boy of using a racial slur in game 3 for uh, that uh Red Sox pitcher oil can uh Boyd in 19 game in 3 in 86 yeah and I'm I'm on my way home from work and and I'm listening to the Michael K show they actually had Doc 
uh, Doc Gooden on there, and he vouched for Lenny Dykstra saying that they were really good friends, that he would never expected any type of, you know, uh, that type of behavior from him. Hmm. And then Lenny Dykstra actually called calls in like seconds later. Wow, this he is WWE shit, man. Yeah, he, <laughs> he actually sounded kind of drunk, like on the call, and apparently he kept he kept dropping the f bomb or something that they had to, they had to end the call early because they only have a certain amount of delay that they could stop that stop him from cursing on the air yeah yeah you, you but can yeah only he, del- there's like you have like three or something that you can drop yeah he sounded really upset he said he said uh ron darling was like mr perfect back then he still is you know he has like all these accolades and like he's he's one of the voices of the mets and everything so but he said it's complete false he's gonna sue him if he sees him on site, he's gonna drop him apparently. And oh boy, I I just thought it was a really interesting story. It just reminds you, there's never a dull day in sports. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, didn't Lenny Dykstra just get like arrested for assaulting yeah. an Uber driver or something like pulling a gun on something an Uber like driver? that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So this guy has a checkered past. I know that he he has issues with drugs and all this stuff. Um, when you said that he he was accused of using a racial slur, I wasn't surprised, but I don't know. You know, Doc Gooden, if Doc Gooden is vouching for him, who knows? Who knows? I mean, why would Ron Darling make this up, though? He doesn't need to. He Apparently, doesn't need the attention. From what, I heard, from what I heard from the Michael K show was that he was on deck when he said it to the pitcher. Or he was up to up to he was up at bat. So the person on deck, surprisingly enough, either the person on deck or he was on deck, and the person on the steps was Keith Hernandez. Of course, the plot thickens. Keith Hernandez, the co-anchor for Ron Darling in the Mets, is in the middle of all this. Apparently, wow. he's like he's the one that needs to come out and kind of vouch for him if if he didn't hear it or if he heard it. Because if anybody would have heard it, it was him. Mm. So yeah, just and a if, random and story. And if the drama couldn't get any worse, as soon as you said that, I go on Twitter to look at Lenny Dykstra's uh, Twitter feed. He has pinned <laughs> what you just said. Lenny Dykstra wants to drop Ron, Ron Darling over racist <laughs> <laughs> tirade claims, and he <laughs> also retweeted himself. Uh, cur- I guess cursing on the Michael K show. I'm going to listen to this as soon as we get off get off the air, as they say, CT. This is nuts, man. This is like WWE. Yeah. And you know what? It's I think it's good for baseball. I like the drama, man. Keep it coming. Well, <laughs> it is. But, I mean, if Ron Darling just made this up to sell a book, then this is turning into the rap game where people just start random beefs to sell an <laughs> album or, or to drop you know, to drop a mixtape or something. <laughs> oh, my this God. This is really – if Lenny Dykstra comes out with another book or something, then they, this whole thing was planned. Wow. Yeah, wow. I'm surprised by this, man. Yeah. Um Somebody tweeted back at me on Twitter about, you know, the, my comments saying that uh, the Yankees could field the team with their injuries. They wanted to add, th- excuse me, wow, what just happened? They wanted to add three more people to the list. Two more people, sorry. Ben Heller, who's a relief pitcher for the Yankees. Uh, he only pitched a few innings last year, but I guess he was expected to make the team this year. And Esteban Florial are also injured with the New York Yankees. So, Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Um, I'm gonna let think- I'm gonna let our listeners in on a little something. We've we've touched on this slightly, but I have a case of something, guys. I'm a little so it's not something that you can uh, get diagnosed at a doctor's office or at a psychology or anything like that. It's kind of a self diagnosis, or other people can can diagnose you with this. It's a little something we like to call in the Dominican culture a fuku. Um, I have really bad luck when it comes to fantasy baseball. And I'm afraid that perhaps I have passed it on to the New York Yankees, man. I just wanted to say that you have mentioned that on this show before, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> and I doubt that anybody remembers. But here I am to remind everyone that this has been brought up in the show before. And, yes, I'm here to to uh, to back that up, that, yeah, you do have some sort of curse attached to you when it comes to baseball. Thank you, but, for, thank you for admitting that, man. That, you know how yeah. much better it makes me feel. You do have some sort of curse, but it might it might just be you. You might you might be the curse. You you yourself, your brain, you think it's just me? your mind. Like everything I touch just turns to shit. Because you believe it to be like that, yeah. Maybe. You think so. Damn. Man. Maybe maybe deep down, deep down, you want the Yankees to lose. No, man. Are you kidding me? Subco- subconsciously, you want the Yankees to suffer because of because of what they did to A Rod. Nah. 
Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, that's just that's just me. That's just me. My bad. That's just you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it hurts me, man. It it hurts that they that that I have this, and and I decided to challenge the bastard this year, and spit in his face. I mean, I picked Clayton Kershaw, injury prone. I picked Madison Bumgarner, injury prone over the last few years. Um, who else did I pick? I mean, I even picked Sonny Gray, guys, in the draft. Sonny Gray, who, by the way, gave me negative 10 points, the son of a bitch. Um, I mean, are, are you surprised, though? No, man. Sonny and Gray. you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it because this is this is my strategy this year. I'm, I'm going with my heart, not the stats, and I'm <laughs> spitting in the face of that fucker, a.k.a. El Fuku. You know, the, the key to running your fantasy baseball team with your heart is that you have to have a strong stomach for it, Manny. No, nah, man, I got it. I, I've been taking right. Tums every day. I'm good. Um, take, a, take it from a guy that held on to you, Darvish, for, <laughs> for the first six months of baseball for no reason. Got to have not, a stomach. I'm not going to lie. I've considered dropping guys, and I, I'm not going to do it. I considered dropping uh sunny gray i'm not i'm gonna keep him on my team i'm gonna keep him you know why because th- this shit has to turn at some point it's like just letting the virus pass through you i'm gonna let it pass through me it gives me diarrhea okay. for a week i'm good with that um all right <laughs> yeah <too graphic. laughs> i wanted to bring up one last thing and this doesn't have to be like a 10 minute conversation it's just as while, while we're on the on the on the fantasy topic real quick I'm starting to get pissed off with rest days. I didn't realize how many players get rested until we started playing fantasy. And every year it gets worse and worse. La- yesterday, I think two games into the season for the Chicago Cubs, Wilson Contreras gets the goddamn day off. And that doesn't make any sense to me. Today, Jock Peterson has been, you know, raking, benched for rest. Brendan Nimmo, str- he struggled to, to start the season. He's still a young player. He's resting today. Why are the Why do these players need rest days? I don't understand. Tell, tell me about it, Michael Brantley. I, I mean, again, when you have fantasy, you watch certain players over others. I, I watched all. I try to watch all the guys that I have on my team because I want to see the the at bats that they're not doing anything productive. What was that at bat like? You know, I saw a bunch of judge at bats where he. I saw a judge at bat where he took a strike right down the middle, looking, caught looking for a strikeout. Shit pissed me off. I've seen Michael Brantley's at-bats, and almost every at-bat, he's hitting the ball so well, and they bench him for a rest day. The like, season just fucking started. They rested it's in the, the offseason. Not only is it the worst time because the season just started, but if the guy's hitting, why are you benching him? Like I, I'm pretty sure that Jock Peterson is getting a rest day. I bet you it's because it's a left-handed pitcher or some shit. Because I know that... I know that he's not good against lefties or whatever, but he's he hit he's been hitting really well. So two home runs, two home runs in the in opening day. I think he hit two home runs the day, two days after. I, I think he already has four home runs. Yeah, like I don't I don't get it, man. And Brandon Nimmo is you know he's not the I, I picked Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo was my one pick where I went with with uh, stats. He's a high on base guy, and I was like you know I don't want okay. strikeout guys that much this year, so I went with Brandon Nimmo. Um, why is Brandon Nimmo getting a rest day? This guy's like he's only played like two years in baseball. Like, yeah, I don't get it. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up real quick because I just noticed it in my fantasy. Um, fuck that, man. No, yeah, I agree with you, man. It's 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 annoying as shit. And I would be really pissed to find out that the only reason they're arresting these guys is because of some com- computation, some equation that came out that says that after they do certain amount of this on these days, they should get rest because I feel like that's really pushing it now that we're we're resting guys based off the analytics, mm-hmm. you know? I bet you, I, hate that I shit. bet you that if we could look this up real quick and I don't know, it might take longer, so I'm not going to bore you guys with that. I bet you that Jock Peterson is is benched because they're facing a lefty. I, I can almost guarantee it. Yeah. And that shit is, you know, whatever. I'm just losing by so much this week that it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh let's see here, man. I'm up I'm up by forty points right now. Good that's like that's like two starts. Good for you. And man. I only have a starter going today. One starter. So if you guys didn't notice, we had a format and then we just flushed it at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> we just flushed the format. But I think it's I think it's time to CT. We're over the hour mark. Um, okay. let's end this shite.
As I said at the beginning of the show, the Welcome to the Show podcast. Wow. Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. And then for more exclusive deals like 10% off of KD Custom Kicks and Top Velocity, visit wttspod.com forward slash save. That's wttspod.com forward slash save. Our music is by VM Varga and Rapternal Music by Naughty Productions. And artwork is by Luigi Gomez. I'm Manny Gomez. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>